pray that you would fill us even now. Just as a sign of surrender, just raise your hands to God. Just raise your hands to heaven. Just tell God in your own words, God, I want you in my life. Jesus, touch me tonight. Lord, capture my heart in this place, Lord. We belong to you. Raise your hands. Come on, guys. Let's, let's, get, let's engage the Lord right now. If you're not here for God, I don't know why you're here. Let's lift our hands to heaven. Let's just surrender right now before we get started with the word. We need to be in a mindset of surrender. We're here for Jesus. We're here for the King of Kings. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're doing. We surrender to you, Lord God. You are the one who has our heart, Lord. It's you, Jesus, and no one else, God. You have our hearts, Lord God. You've captured our hearts, Lord God. Come and touch us even now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Awesome. Um, as you guys know, we've been going through the book of James, the uh, sermon series, The Battle Within. It's been a powerful, powerful time in Elevate. God has been moving and doing so many things. And uh, if we could turn to James chapter 1, verses uh, 13 through 16. I'm going to be sharing on temptation. Very ties in uh, very well with uh, Carol's uh, skit right there. And how... How we, get, how we can get lured away by temptation, what the devil tries to attract us with and flaunt at us. Amen. Um, for those of you who uh, were here last week, I mean, how many of you, just by a show of hands, know that God was there last week just doing amazing, powerful things? People were just wrecked, crying all over the place, like, oh, Jesus, I love you. It was so powerful. It was amazing, you know? And the thing is, guys, you know, we, we experience the presence of God like that. We sense his presence. We get touched. We encounter his heart. And it's so amazing and it's so powerful, but at the same time, it's so easily, it's so easy to get distracted from that. It's so easy to get distracted from all the things that God did, even just last week, right? Sometimes, I mean, you know, God touched some of you guys last week and, and set you free and encountered your heart in such a powerful way. But during the week, it's like you got distracted by so many things and the devil was constantly at your, in your face trying to lure you away again trying to entice you already after the time of encounter you had with Jesus, amen? And the thing is, guys, we have to keep our minds on the Lord. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus. We can't be distracted. We can't allow the devil to entice us and lure us away by these different things. Like Daryl had the apple, right, that was kind of resembling sin and temptation. And if we're not careful, we can allow the devil to lure us away and do things that we shouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm telling you guys, you don't want to miss it. Because you can miss God's presence. You can miss the, the love of God. You can miss his heart by allowing yourself to get distracted by these things. You have to keep your heart fixed on him. You have to keep your eyes fixed on him. Amen. So let's uh, jump right into this passage here. James chapter 1, verse 13. I'm going to read verses 13 through 16 here. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Verse 16 right there. So for a few things that I want us to notice here in the, in the passage, uh, the first one, verse 13. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. Um, it's, a, it's very easy when, we're, when we get tempted by the devil and just, you know, it, uh, distracted by these different things, it's easy for us to try and pin the blame on somebody else. We usually don't want to take responsibility. We say, oh, well, it's because this happened in my life. Well, it's because I'm this way, or I struggle with this, or I struggle with that. 
But the thing is, guys, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see in, in verse 14, it, it, we shouldn't put the blame on anybody, and we sh- especially shouldn't put the blame on God. No one should say, when I'm being tempted, it's God's fault. God's the one who's tempting me. No, he's not. And the reason why is because God can't be tempted. He can't be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. There's no evil in God. There is no evil in who he is, in his character, in his heart. He is not evil at all. He doesn't have a, a, an ounce of evil or wickedness or evil intention within him. So if, if, if God's not evil, if he doesn't have that inside of him, you cannot attach him to your sin. You can't attach him. You can't label him. You can't try and say, well, you know what, uh, God, God, you know, he's, he's a part of this somehow. No, he's not. God, wherever God, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, right? There is not sin. There's not temptation. There's not all this other stuff. When you're in the presence of God, there's freedom, guys. There's love. There's peace. There's joy. There's, there, there, there's pleasures evermore, amen? That's who God is. That's what's inside of him. That's his heart. That's his character. It's not evil. And when you're with God, he will never lead you to temptation. He'll never lead you to sin. And it's important whenever we do get tempted, whenever the devil does try and lead us astray, we have to instantly discern and catch, wait a minute, this isn't God right here. I'm having this thought. I'm having these desires stirred up in, inside of me. That's not God. That's not a part of God's heart. That's not God's character. God wouldn't want me to do this. God wouldn't want to lead me here because that's not who God is. He would not tempt me, amen? That's a powerful truth that we have to live by. And then verse 14, moving on, it says, Let, it says um, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Everybody say his own lust. It's your own desires that allow you to be uh, enticed and dragged away. It's what's within, it's what's inside of you that leads you astray, that tempts you, that, that pulls you. Kind of like that skit when Carol got the, uh, got the apple. I mean, she was being lured away. Her, there was desires inside of her that began to be stirred up, and she had the choice, do I either stay with Jesus, do I either, you know, keep the flower, right? Do I stay with Jesus or do I just allow this random guy to just lead me astray and take me, you know, and do whatever? It was her own desires, though. That's the point. It was her desires that pulled her this way. Yeah, Daryl had an influence in that. Not, not to hit on you, Daryl. I love you. But it's like, okay, yeah, you know, the other person, they had an influence in that somewhat. They had a hand in that. But at the end of the day, it was that person's choice. At the end of the day, in the skit-wise, it was, it was Carol's choice. At the end of the day, it's our choice. Do we want to be led astray? Do we want to be enticed? Do we want to let the devil do whatever he wants with us? Because we can choose, right? We can choose to be free. We can choose to walk in freedom. We can choose to be with the Spirit. We can choose to be in the presence of God. We can choose whether we're going to read our Bible tonight or not. Amen? We can choose whether we're going to pray and seek his face and worship him. We can choose those things. But we can equally choose to allow sin to drag us away. And I love the phrase here. It says... Each one is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and are enticed. And some of you guys here today, are you are being dragged away from the presence of God. You're being dragged away from God's heart. You're being dragged away from the Lord Jesus himself by whatever sin or, or temptation the devil's putting in your face. You're being dragged away from God's presence. You're being pulled away. You're being lured away by some little sin or whatever the de- it is the devil's trying to use to get you away from his presence. We can't allow that to happen. We have to put those desires to death. We have to say, no, I don't want to do that. 
Think about it. The only reason why somebody would be enticed or lured away is because they're looking at this other thing, and in their mind, they're thinking to themselves, you know what, this is more appealing. You know, Carol, and, and that skit, I'm going to be using that skit a lot because it fits so well with my sermon here. Um, Carol, when she had the apple, there was an appeal. There was something attractive about that. There was something attractive about going with this guy. There was something inside of her heart that was like, huh, this, this is kind of appealing. This is kind of cute. I like this. Let me go check this out. But think about it. There were two examples. There, there, there were two, two, uh, two people involved, right? Okay, she was being attracted. She was being uh, lured away. She was being, uh, there, there was an appeal to her by this uh, temptation or this desire or whatever, right? But then who was on the other side? Who was over here trying to get her back, trying to draw her back, right? It was Jesus. And see, the problem with that, those situations is we allow the devil's temptation and the sin to be more appealing than Jesus. We're allowing these sins to have more appeal. We're more attracted to sin. We're more attracted to a relationship. We're more attracted to just sitting at home playing video games. We're more attracted to the things of this world than we are to Jesus. And Jesus was there trying to get them to come back, right? And I feel like that's how it is with so many of us here tonight. God is trying to get you to come back to his presence. God is trying to uh, draw you back in. But the problem is some of you guys... You don't, you don't think Jesus is appealing at all. You don't think Jesus is appealing at all. You look at Jesus, you look at what he did on the cross for you, and you're like, you know what, that doesn't move me. That doesn't appeal to me. I'm not moved by that, God. You died on the cross for my sins. You came down from heaven onto earth. You want me to say no to this sin? Why, just to please you? Lord, no, you're not good enough. You're not valuable enough. Lord, you don't mean enough to me. Lord, you don't mean enough for, to me to say no to this sin. Do we understand that? When we're enticed, when we're lured away, we're saying, God, you know what? You're nice. You're, you're cute. Your smile is cute, whatever. But you know what? The, this sin is more appealing than you are, God. This, this, this little thing that I have going on over here, this boyfriend, this, this person that's texting me at night, this friend that just, you know, they're bad news. They always want to smoke weed and, 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 and do bad stuff. You know what? That, that friendship is more appealing to me than your love, Lord, than your heart, than who you are, than your character. And therefore, we're enticed. And therefore, we're lured away. We're dragged away because Jesus isn't appealing to us anymore because Jesus isn't attractive to us anymore. I want you guys to just seriously ask. I mean, I know, I, you know, I start off all kind of hyped. I, mean, I am kind of nervous, guys. I mean, it happens, right? But I'm telling you, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is Jesus appealing to me right now? Based off of my decisions, does Jesus, does Jesus mean anything to me? His love, what he did for me on the cross, his heart, does that appeal to me? Does that mean something? Does that have any value? Jesus in heaven coming down on the cross, dying for you. Does that mean anything? Does that have any worth? Does that have any value? Because based off of that answer determines how far you get enticed and how far you get lured away. As we see moving forward into verse 15, 
It says, then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And we have that, that word there, conception, not that verse, um, the other one. Um, we have that word, when lust has conceived, right? Where is it? Pull it up, Joby. You got this. Um, it says, when lust has conceived, that word conception, right? We all know, I mean, it has to do with, uh, exactly there. When, uh, after desire has conceived, the, the, the word conception has to do with birth, right? It has to, be, it has to do with, you know, being pregnant and all that stuff. Um, obviously, this isn't talking about having a child, you know? You're, you're not, you know. We're not all pregnant in here with, like, sin or something. But in a sense, we are. The thing is, desire, that, that, that word conception, it means that inside of our hearts, we're kind of, we're entertaining these desires. We're entertaining these little temptations that are going on in our lives. Little sins, little things that can lure us away from the things of God. We're, we're not getting rid of it. We're kind of leaving it there. We're entertaining it. We're kind of fostering it. We're feeding it. Right? Conceived. It's there. It's inside of us now. And we're not doing anything about it. We're not killing it. We're not destroying it. We're not kicking it out. We're just letting it sit there. We're letting it grow. We're letting it get bigger and bigger. And then, you know, over time, it becomes more and more meaningful to us. And it becomes more and more desirable to us. And it has more of an impact on what we do with our lives. All of a sudden, that person starts controlling us. Our friends start controlling us. There's some, some youth that, are, that, are, that should be here tonight, but they're not because their friends control them. Because their desires control them to be somewhere else and not here at church with Jesus because they were appealed by that more than God. Amen? It was because it was inside of their hearts. They, 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 they conceived this desire for whatever it is, sin, whatever cup of sin is your, you know, your, your, your flavor. It's conceived. It's in there. It's inside of you now. And you're not destroying it. And you're not killing it. You're not stopping it. You're letting it sit there. And eventually, you know what? It's going to give birth to, to, to sin. It's going to give birth to sin. You might think it's not insignificant. You might think it doesn't really mean that much. It's not that big of a deal. I'll just, I'll just take some money on the side. Nobody, nobody's noticing. Nobody sees that I'm just kind of taking this extra money over here that doesn't belong to me. Nobody's noting that, that noticing that I'm cheating on my test or that I'm, I'm talking behind my friend's back and I'm gossiping and I'm starting all this drama. You know, I can just handle it a little bit. I'll just drop a little bit here, drop a little bit there. It doesn't seem that weighty to us, but over time, it grows. We feed it. We don't, and we don't stop. We, we keep feeding it. It keeps growing. It keeps getting bigger. And finally... Now we're in sin. Now what comes out is sin. Now what, 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 what is produced from those desires, what's produced from that lust is sin. It's now blatant. It's obvious now. Oh, well, I just, I just kind of told this little small lie that didn't really seem like it was that big of a deal. But now all of a sudden, 10 people are saying 10 different stories, and they're all pointing at me. <laughs> like, whoa, hello, somebody. What, what just happened? Yeah, it's sin. You let it sit there. You didn't deal with it. You didn't, you didn't stand up for the truth. You didn't knock it out when you had the chance. You let it grow. You let it get bigger and bigger and bigger. And now the product is sin. And the thing is, it can be a continual cycle. If you don't deal with it, right, it gives birth to sin. That sin is alive. It's out in the open now. You could still choose to deal with it. You can still choose to, you know, deal with it God's way, repent, right? Turn to the Lord, give it to Jesus, ask for forgiveness, 
you know, start making things right. You could shoot, you could do that, or you could let it keep going on and on and on. You could keep, you could keep going on with the sin. Again, the, the, the problem is you're not dealing with it. The problem is you have this desire, it's inside of you, you're not crucifying it, you're not killing it, you're letting it live on. Now it's giving birth to sin, now you're starting to see more and more sin and more and more havoc in your life and you're wondering why, it's because you haven't killed that desire. That shouldn't be there. It's not for Jesus and it's leading you astray, it gives birth to sin. And then what do we find out? Further down it says, when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And of course, the Bible says the devil himself comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And some of you think it, it's so cute, you know, I'm just going to do this little sin. Nobody knows, nobody notices. I'm just going to do it in secret. I'm just going to be texting this person, uh, you know, on the side. Nobody knows, nobody knows that I'm texting this person. It's just a secret between me and them, and it's so cute and so awesome. But we don't know where that sin is leading us. I'm telling you, there are so, so many personal examples I could use, but there, you don't know where that sin is leading you. Doing things in secret, not telling anybody. On the side, on the down, you think it's okay, you think it's fine, let me just keep it over here. But you don't understand that sin is leading you to death. It's leading you to destruction. And at first it looks, again, at first it looks simple, it looks easy, it looks fine, it looks cute. It doesn't look like it'll do anything. But the end game is destruction. The end game is, is your, your life destroyed because that's what the devil's trying to do the whole time. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy your life. He's trying to destroy your future. He's trying to destroy your confidence. He's trying to destroy your identity. He's trying to destroy your purpose. He's trying to destroy who you are from the inside out. And he will use whatever little sin that attracts you. He will use whatever little sin is appealing to you. He will use that. If he sees a desire inside of you, if he sees a desire inside one of you, he'll be like, you know what, let me, let me, let me draw them away by this. Oh, this, this sin is appealing to them? This, this, this sin is attracted to them? I'm going to use that. I'm going to lure them away slowly. I'm going I'm to lead them, and, and, and eventually I'm going to bring them to a point where they are so caught up in their sin, the only answer left is hopelessness. The only answer left is depression. The only answer left is suicide. The only answer left is, 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 is having more sex or whatever. You get, you get what I'm saying? The devil's trying to lead you somewhere. And that end point, that end destination is death. And guys, you, man, some of you guys here, you're being dragged away by these desires as we speak. You're being dragged away. You're being dragged away by the sin. You don't see it. You don't get it. You don't, you don't think it's that bad. But the devil is pulling you by the hair, dragging you to your death, literally, because of the little sins that you're okay with, that still appeal to you, that are still kind of attractive to you. You need to deal with those things. You need to put them to death. See, the Bible says in Galatians 5, Galatians 5, verse, verse 24, it says, Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Some of you don't get that. I'll, I'll read it one more time. It says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified. We all know what crucifixion is, right? 
It's not no Barney stuff, okay? Crucifixion, death, being nailed to a cross, blood everywhere, gory, okay? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Joby, if you could pull that verse up on the, on the screen for me. If you belong to Christ, you have crucified the passions and the, and the desires that used to control you. There's no reason why as soon as you leave this door, you're back to the same old lifestyle. There's no reason why you should just go back to whatever sin you were dealing with uh, once you leave this church. If you really belong to Christ, crucify the desires of the flesh. If you really belong to Christ, put them to death. Put to death, put to death the desire to gossip, the desire to put people down, the desire to look at porn, the desire to, to be addicted to smoking weed or friendships or attention. Put those things to death because that's what a disciple does. That's what someone who belongs to Christ Jesus does. They put those things to death. They don't let them live. They don't let them, they don't let that sin be conceived inside of their hearts. They crucify it. The moment they see it, the moment they notice it, man, I'm having a lust issue. Man, I'm having a pride issue. I think I'm better than everybody else. Or on the opposite end, I think I'm, I'm no good. I think everybody hates me. I think I'm worthless. You have to put those to death, understand? You have to put it to death. You have to crucify it. And why would we do that? Why would we crucify those desires? Why would we crucify the flesh and all of that stuff? What would make us do that? What would make us take a desire to sin, to lust, what would make us take the opportunity to be in a, in a seemingly really good relationship with a guy or girl? What would make us crucify that? I'll tell you what, it's that we love Jesus so much, we're willing to crucify and put to death whatever it is that comes into contact with that, that comes and tries to challenge that relationship. It's that we love Jesus so much, we, it, it, it's because we, he's appealing it's because he's so beautiful. He's so amazing. I'm willing to put to death whatever it takes. I'm willing to put to death any type of sin, any type of desire, any type of worldly anything. Because Jesus means so much to me. If Jesus doesn't mean anything to you, you will not put anything to death. You will let your sin ravage your life. You'll be controlled by your sin. You'll be controlled by your temptations. You'll be controlled by your passions and desires. And then you'll wake up thinking, why is my life so jacked up? Why am I still wanting to commit suicide? Why am I still struggling with depression? Why am I still uh, lusting? Why am I still acting out in anger? Why am I still slapping people and, and punching holes in walls? Why am I still doing that? My friends, you need to crucify that and put it on the cross and die to those desires. Because you love Jesus. Because he means something to you. Because Jesus on the cross meant something to you. Because you look at Jesus hanging there and you're like, you know what? God, I'll do anything for you. Jesus, that's more appealing. God, I want to be with you, Lord. I don't care about whatever the devil's trying to lure me away with. God, I want you. Because I love you. Because you're appealing, Lord. You're attractive, God. I want to be with you, Lord. I don't want to be with these other things. I don't want to be with these other temptations and whatever the devil is trying to do in my life. How do you avoid getting enticed? How do you avoid getting dragged away by the, the, the desires of the flesh? You crucify them. You put them to death. And what's the motivation behind that? It's love for Jesus. 
It's that there is a deep desire inside of you that is so strong. Words cannot express how strong it is. A deep desire for Jesus. Hello, somebody. It's not rocket science. It's not algebra. It's not calculus. It's just you really love God that much. You really love God that much that you're willing to say no to sin. You love him that much. I just want to say, even for my own life, guys, I've been raised in the church. I've seen so many things happen in the body of Christ. I've been a part of other churches in the past. And I've, had, I've known other people that, uh, I've had friends that were, you know, kind of the, the similar story as far as being raised in the church and Christian and, you know, parents were Christian, all that stuff. But the problem is a lot of them that I used to know, they're, they're, they're not really serving God anymore. They're not really serious about God anymore. I remember going to this one church and the, the pastor's kids, man, they were like on their phones texting and playing video games. Some of you do that here. But anyway, they were doing that stuff back there. And it's like in my mind, I was thinking to myself, well, they're the pastor's kids. Why are they doing that? Like, they're just like me. They're, 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 you know, they were raised in this Christian household. Like, how come it looks like they're not into it? How come it looks like they're not really into what's going on here? How come it looks like they're not taking what God's doing seriously? The problem was they didn't desire Jesus. The problem was they didn't love Jesus. They weren't in love with God. And the problem was they were, Jesus wasn't appealing enough to them in order for them to deny whatever it is that the devil was flaunting at them. Jesus wasn't enough. They wanted something else. They had to have some other pleasure. They had to have some other little thing on their plate. Jesus wasn't enough on their own, and therefore they were led astray. Therefore they were enticed. Therefore they were dragged away by their own desires, and it overtook them, and it led them to death. Guys, don't let the devil drag you away. Don't let the devil pull you by the hair and drag you to some miserable place where you're alone by yourself and you're doing a bunch of crazy stuff and you're thinking to yourself, why am I doing this? It's because you're allowing the devil to drag you away. You need to crucify those desires. Crucify the flesh. Surrender to Jesus. In Galatians 5, I believe it's verse, uh, verse 16, it says, but I say walk by the Spirit. Verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, guys. Walk hand in hand with God. Walk hand in hand with Jesus. You want to know how, how to stop going through these cycles? I'm telling you, guys, this is reality. You're going to be up here next week for another altar call saying, I want to be born again. Guys, look, if you want, if you want, if you want it, if you want it to stop and just be saved and live for Jesus and just, look, walk by the Spirit. Walk hand in hand with Jesus and you will not gratify you will not satisfy, you will not give in to the desires of the flesh. Some of you look at me with the deer in the headlights. Well, I don't know why I keep getting angry. I don't know why I keep having these tangents. I don't know why I keep stumbling into pornography. Look, the reason why is that you're not walking with the Spirit. You're not putting to death the desires of the flesh. Just walk with it. It's so simple, guys. But the thing is, is Jesus worth it to us? The thing is, is Jesus appealing enough? Is it enough to just have God's heart towards us? Is, is it enough just to know that God loves me and he died on the cross for me? Is that enough for me? Or is there something else that I'm looking for? 
In closing, if we can all stand. There's a verse, one more verse that I wanted to share. I believe it was in Psalms, but it was on my phone. I don't know where my phone is. It says that at God's right hand is the fullness of joy and pleasures evermore. I think I'm paraphrasing that verse, but the idea is at his, in his presence. In his presence, there's, there's the fullness of joy. There's fullness. There's fullness. Not emptiness, there's fullness. In the, in the presence of God, there's fullness. There's the fullness of joy and pleasures evermore. The thing is, guys, the devil's trying, the devil's over here trying to get us with some bootleg pleasure, some pleasure that's not even worth it. The devil's trying to attract us with some guy that's going to break up with us next week anyway. Come on, people. The devil's trying to drag us away by some little petty stuff. And it's like, no, if you want real pleasure, if you want real pleasure, if you want to be satisfied in your life, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He's the author of pleasure. He's the author of beauty. He's the most attractive thing you'll ever see. He's the most attractive and most beautiful thing you'll ever set your eyes on. And I want to be in love with that man. And I want to do everything, that every action that I take in my life, I want it to be for him. Why? Because he means that much to me. Because he means something to me. Because I love him. And I want to please him and I want to make him known. And again, when we love God like that, let me tell you what, the, the little sins, the little temptations that the devil tries to put in our face, they lose its attractiveness. They lose its appeal. Why? Because we're in love with Jesus. Because we want God so much. Does everybody get that in this place? I will not keep falling into sin. If I have my eyes on Jesus and I'm caught up in, the, in, in, his, in his beauty and I'm caught up in how amazing he is, if, if, I have my, if I've locked my gaze upon Jesus and I'm looking at his beauty and I'm being satisfied by his pleasure and I'm being filled with his spirit, where is there room for any sin? Where is there room for any temptation? It can't come. It won't come because God's enough. Because God's enough and he satisfies he satisfies my soul. He's been satisfying my soul. And you know what? He will keep satisfying my soul over my dead body. I don't care what happens. He is better. He is better than whatever sin the devil has out there. Do I, have I gotten tempted? Have I gotten tried? Have I been gotten tested? Yes, but in the end, I say, Jesus, you're more worth it, Lord. I say, Jesus, I want you, Lord. You're more appealing. You're more meaningful, God. Amen. Let's all bow our, head, bow, our, bow our heads and close our eyes in this place. Holy Spirit, God, we, we, we need you right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, we need you, God. Holy Spirit, we need you, God. We need you, Lord, to reveal your beauty to us, Jesus. Some of us have never tasted and seen that you are good, Lord. Some of us in this room have never experienced the true beauty of Christ, the true pleasures of knowing God. Holy Spirit, God, come, Lord. For that person, Lord, reveal yourself, God, right now. Reveal your beauty. Reveal your worth, God. Reveal your love to us, Lord.
Because, God, you loved us first. You loved us first, God. You loved me first, God. While we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, he loved us. He loved us. Oh, God, reveal your heart in this place, Jesus. God, how could I not be in love with you, Lord? You've done so much in my life, God. Oh, just a few moments. Just spend it with Jesus right now. If Jesus doesn't mean anything to you, then you know what? Just days off, okay? But God, for, God's going to do something for somebody here who wants to encounter his beauty. God wants to do something here for that one person that wants to encounter God. And if that's you, I want to encourage you, come up to these altars right now. These altars are open, and I believe God wants to reveal himself to each and every one of you in a powerful way. If you want to experience God's pleasure and his love, if you want to be so in love with Jesus that you're never going to sin again, if that's your heart, I want you to be up here on this altar just to make a public declaration. Say, Jesus, Lord, I want to be so in love with you, Lord. I want to be so lost in love with you, God, that nothing else is appealing. Nothing else, God, has meaning, God. It's just you. I want to be so lost in love with you, Lord. For those of you at the altar, I believe God's going to honor that right now, and he's going to reveal himself to you. Just listen. Just open your hands. Just, just receive from the Holy Spirit. He's speaking right now. He's moving right now. Jesus, reveal yourself to us, God. God, we want to be so in love with you, Lord. We want to be so in love with you, God, that nothing can entice us, God. That nothing can lure us away. That nothing can take us away from your presence, God, because we're so lost in love with you, God. Not trial, not tribulation, not temptation, not sin, not a guy, not a girl, Lord, God, not a friendship, Lord. Just you. Just you. Oh, if you have that heart of just Jesus. That's your heart. Come on, just, just, just pour out your love to the Lord right now. Tell him how much he means to you. Oh, Holy Spirit, we love you. We're all in, Jesus. We're not going anywhere. 